Ephesians chapter 6, and we're reading from the, the verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may, build, ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Amen. We know that God will bless the reading of his word to our hearts. Let us seek the Lord for prayer. Father in heaven, we pray for your help as we examine your word, as we would hear what you would have to say to us today, or touch our hearts. May the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. The verse 18 of Ephesians 6 reads, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Today we're going to think about the subject of prayer. Prayer is the secret resource of the church of Christ, and we have had, had a week of prayer, and we need to be constantly reminded the importance of prayer in the life of the church and our own lives as individual Christians. But whenever Paul talks about prayer here in verse 18 of Ephesians 6, we cannot view prayer in isolation. We can't separate it off from what he has already said in the previous verses. And in the previous verses, he talks about the armor of God. And prayer has to be viewed in connection with the Christian armor, where Paul used the various aspects of the Roman soldier's attire, and he related that to Christian virtues, to Christian convictions, to Christian 
graces. George Duffield wrote the words of the famous hymn, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. Our hymn book carries the words in the third verse, put on the gospel armor and watching on to prayer. But there is another version of the hymn which reads, put on the gospel armor, every piece put on with prayer. We will not be able to use the Christian armor if we don't put every piece on with prayer. But perhaps there is another thought here, that prayer is the second weapon the Christian has. The first weapon is the sword, which is the Word of God. But the second weapon is prayer. And Paul had no physical illustration for prayer. He couldn't go to a certain aspect of the Roman soldier's armory and use that to illustrate prayer. So he just puts prayer in on its own. And prayer is a vital part of the Christian's equipment. It is our secret resource. And what a resource it is. Whenever we think of the, the Christian armor, we think of that which the soldier had to prepare him for battle. And Paul, when speaking to the Ephesians at the very end of this great epistle, he talks about the armor because he knows that God's people are in a conflict. They're in a battle. He describes it in the verse 12. We're wrestling, he says. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not a, a battle against Roman rule. It's not a battle against the great ungodly powers that are in this world. It's a battle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You're in a battle against hell, and you're in a battle against Satan, and you're in a battle against sin. And therefore, you need to take on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand and be successful in this warfare. Warren Wearsby said, sooner or later, every believer discovers that the Christian life is a battleground. It's not a playground. God hasn't called us to play at being Christians, to just put on Sunday dress and come out to church and carry a Bible and sing hymns. He has called us to fight the Lord's battle, to stand up for Him in this wicked, evil world. And so we need to wear the armor, and we need the girdle of truth. We need convictions to believe and live out the truth. We need the breastplate of righteousness. We need that confidence that we've got the righteousness of Christ, that whatever temptations come against us, that Christ has given us His righteousness. We need the sandals of peace. We need to go forth carrying the gospel, laboring for Him. We need the shield of faith. Whatever we do for the Lord, we must do it in faith. The shield is out in front. That's the protection. And the head needs to be protected as well, the helmet of salvation. The mind needs to be guarded. There's so much in the world today that assails the mind. And if the devil captures our mind, he's got us. That's so why we need to pray much for our young people that their minds would be protected. You think of all of the evils on, on media, on the internet, on the phones. The mind needs to be protected, the helmet of salvation. 
the sword of the Spirit. Close combat. It was a short sword kept by the soldier. When the enemy came in close, he could use it. And yes, there is the idea of close combat here against the evil one. It is a challenging thing to be a Christian in this world. But if we're going to use this armor, and if we're going to use the sword of the Spirit properly, we need prayer. And without prayer, we will not be victorious. Without prayer, we will be defeated. If we're defeated in prayer, then we are defeated indeed. The story is told of the Knights of Charlemagne. Charlemagne was the king of Franks, and he was the first of a succession that were known as the Holy Roman Emperors. He ruled the half of Europe, and his knights were passing through the Pyrenees, and he had a commander called Roland, and Roland was in charge of the rear guard. He was watching the rear, and the enemy came in and ambushed, and Roland believed that his rear guard were sufficient to drive off the enemy. But all he had to do was sound the horn. He had a great horn. It was called Oliphant. And if the horn was sounded, then the main company, which was out ahead, could have turned back. They would have heard the sounding of the horn. But he was so confident in his ability as a commander and in his own knights that he chose not to sound the horn, but to fight himself. And there was utter carnage. And his knights were wiped out by the power of that enemy. Why? Because he didn't sound the horn. And sometimes we can feel ourselves to be so full of our own pride and self-reliant in ourselves and our own abilities and what we can do. We don't sound the horn of prayer. And if we're going to go forward for God, we must feel ourselves to be so utterly and totally weak that we must pray. A lack of prayer is a sign of pride. And so we need to use this resource that God has given to us, and it's here. It's available. But we need to make use of it. And so let us think about what the Apostle Paul is saying to us about the resource of prayer. First of all, we have the time for prayer. What is the time for prayer here? In the verse 18, he says, praying always. The Lord is our great example here. Often he took his recourse to his Father. He would go off into the countryside alone. He would go up into the mountain. He would spend all night there in fellowship with his Father. But he didn't just pray to his father when he was physically alone. He would pray to his father when there was a crowd around him, most notably at the tomb of Lazarus. As the people crowded around, watched what he was going to do. He lifted up his heart to his father, and he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hearest me always. And what a great miracle there was on that occasion. And yes, there are times whenever we will be on our own and we will be seeking God, but there will be other times we'll be in a company. And we'll know that we need the help from the Lord. And in those moments, we'll cry from the depths of our heart 
seeking God. You see, praying always means that prayer is an attitude of life. That's what it is. The Lord taught us this in the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer doesn't just teach us how to pray. It teaches us how to live. Our lives need to be framed in the spirit of prayer, and the spirit of prayer should frame our lives. Lives that are utterly and totally dependent upon God. Our Father which art in heaven. Our responsibility as the children of God. What a privilege to be the children of God. Our Father. Hallowed be thy name. The duty as God's children to honor him. To hallow his name. To do him reverence. Knowing that he's watching us wherever we're at. His gaze is never away. Living out in the fear of God. Thy kingdom come, living for the second coming of Christ, watching, waiting, prepared for that moment when the Lord will return to this earth. Whenever He comes, He finds us busy, whenever that will be. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, seeking always the will of God, not being content unless we're in God's will, knowing God's will, doing God's will. Give us this day our daily bread, spirit of gratitude. I hope that whenever you come to the meal table that you lift your heart to God and you teach your family the importance of thanking God for this food that has come from His hand. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Asking for forgiveness, that's a humbling thing to say, Lord, forgive me but we will only know that conscious awareness of God's forgiveness if we actually take time to forgive others. Coming back to the, the mercy we talked about earlier from Romans 12. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, deliver us from evil. We're in a world of temptation. Keep me from the evil, Lord. I need you to keep me from failing, from faltering, from falling. And for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Living out to the glory of God, for all of him and through him and to him are all things. God has placed us here for his glory and for his honor. An awareness of these things gives us a life that is praying always. But then there are the, the types of prayer. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. Praying always with all prayer. It's an interesting phrase, isn't it? Praying always with all prayer. All prayer. There's a time for the public place of prayer. It is important to be at the public place of prayer, because that's the family coming together to seek Him. There is help for you in your own spirit, in your own soul, in the public place that you'll get nowhere else. A brother and Lord once said to me, he was a minister of the gospel, he talked about coming together for public prayer, and it wasn't in relation to church prayer meeting, it was in relation to ministers coming together to pray together. And he said, I find prayer really, really difficult. And just to be where other brethren are praying, and praying along with them, that helps me. And I know that's true for my heart and for my soul. 
And are any of us any different? We need that strength we derive from each other in the public place. But there's a place for private prayer. And the real strength of our spiritual lives will be derived from the private place, setting aside time where we can seek the Lord. The Lord talked about the closet. He talked about going in. He talked about closing the door alone with God. And we live in such a busy world, but we need to take time to be alone with God. Private prayer. And praying with the family as well. These things are really vital. Whenever we think of all prayer, though, we can think of the simple acronym, ACTS, that I'm sure you're familiar with, but it's important to keep before your mind. A for adoration. As we come to pray, we shouldn't just rush in with a, a little list of, Lord, do this, do this, do this. It doesn't seem quite right, that. It's never how you would approach a friend. There's adoration. There's taking time to meditate upon who God is, the greatness of God, the wonder of God. C is for contrition, the importance of asking the Lord for mercy and for forgiveness, dwelling upon our sins and our need of cleansing. There is thanksgiving, thanking God for the fact that He sent His Son into the world to die for us and all of the mercies He has given us, and then there is supplication. And supplication is about the requests. Supplication is about bringing those petitions, bringing our needs and bringing them before God. Prayer is about unburdening our hearts in the presence of God. There's room for silent prayer. Prayer with no words, but full of heart. The broken heart, he will not despise. The groaning prayer, we hardly know what we should pray for. And in those moments, Paul says in Romans 8, the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. May God give us reality in our prayer lives. And then, thirdly, let us think about the triumph in prayer. We read here, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In the Spirit. It reminds us that prayer is essentially a spiritual exercise. Prayer is useless if we do not have the Spirit of God. It's of no value whatsoever. Without the Spirit of God, prayer becomes laborious. It becomes difficult. It's hard. It's like plowing concrete because the Spirit is not there. It's impossible to pray in the flesh. Impossible. Oh, you might have words, but there would just be no reality there. The Spirit of God is not in it. And the reason why we fail to pray is because we have lost out with God. We're not walking in the Spirit. We're not walking in line with the Spirit of God. And so, we need prayers that are, that are born of God. You see, true prayer are desires that begin in the heart of God. They are echoed in our hearts, and they return to God again. True prayer doesn't start here. It can't start here. True prayer must begin with God Himself. That's why we need 
the Spirit. And that's why it's very important to study the prayers of Scripture, because the prayers of Scripture are Holy Ghost-inspired prayers. Study the Psalms. Find out how David prayed, how he sought God. And you'll find a psalm that ties in with your situation, with your circumstances. And you can use the words of that psalm to pray back to God in his own language. And I promise you, you'll find help there. You can go through the prayers of the Apostle Paul, and you can look at those prayers. You can take the Lord's Prayer, make it a model. You may not use the exact words. You may use the exact words of the Lord's Prayer. If it comes from your heart, the Lord will bless you through it. You can use it as the pattern. And in so doing, we learn to pray in the Spirit, to pray in the Holy Ghost. And we need those kinds of prayers. But let's also think about the trials of prayer. You will notice here in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance. Watching with all perseverance. If the Christian life is a battle, and if prayer is our secret resource in order to win this battle, then it follows. The battle will be most intense when it comes to prayer. That's why we fail here most often. Because the battle is being waged on our knees. The devil will do anything to stop us praying. He will bring every reason, bring every excuse. He will bring every situation. He will hinder us constantly when it comes to prayer. Anything that prevents us praying has to be in a satanic assault upon us. Because if he can keep us away from God, we will be weak and impoverished. And so, there are trials here when it comes to prayer. And everyone knows something of that trial. If someone says, I find prayer easy, I struggle to believe that. I struggle to believe anyone could find prayer easy. I've never heard a Christian say such a thing. Prayer is difficult. It's hard. That's why we need to persevere. If something doesn't come easily, we persevere. We keep at it. We keep at it when we, we, we don't feel it's going well. We still keep at it because we know it's worthwhile. We've got to persevere in prayer. William Cowper, he said, What various hindrances we meet in coming to the mercy seat, yet, yet he that knows the worth of prayer but wishes to be often there. Have you no words? I think again words flow apace when you complain and fill your fellow creatures' ear with the sad tale of all your care. Were half the breath thus vainly spent to heaven in supplication sent, your cheerful song would oftener be, hear what the Lord has done for me. It's true, isn't it? We sometimes have words for all kinds of things. Conversation on all kinds of matters. Time for everyone else, but little time for God. Little time to talk to God. It's true. If we could use all of that energy to talk to God, well, we'd be taller and stronger for Christ. I have no doubt about that. We are hindered by wandering thoughts, by the cares and responsibilities of this life. We are hindered because we don't allow sufficient time. Modern life is the great enemy of contemplation. We all know that. In a bygone age, people work longer hours, have less holidays. 
But from what I can understand of our history, more people had more time for God than they have now. That's a sad reflection on where we are. The Bible wants us to persevere. The Bible wants us to be watchful. We need to watch thereunto with all perseverance. Do you see that? Watching and praying, praying and watching. What does that mean? Being careful with our lives, watching our lives, watching our habits, watching our characters, watching everything about us, knowing that if Satan trips us up, he gets an advantage over it, and we'll use that to keep us from prayer. And so, we need to be watchful, careful, in order that we might succeed at the throne of grace. Let's think about the theme through prayer in closing. What are we to pray for? Well, he's teaching these people to pray for two things. He's teaching them to pray for all saints, first of all, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Again, it reminds us of the unity of Christ's body. Unity of Christ's body, not just locally, but denominationally and also internationally. The great invisible body of the church, we should pray for all of God's people. Christians need a heart for Christians. We need a heart for believers who are being persecuted. We need a heart for those in the mission field. We need a heart for those that are suffering and those that are weighed down. Sometimes it's good to take our eyes away from our own worries and think about the worries that other people have and bring their needs before God. We need to pray for all saints. There's a great breadth here. And the word saint, it means God's holy ones. All of God's people are saints. Every one of us. When we're saved, we're saints of God. We're not saints because we've been canonized by a man in this world. We're saints because God has made us his people. And we need to pray for the saints of God. So there needs to be prayer for the saints, but there needs to be prayer for the preachers. Verse 19, anyone who has a Bible with Dr. Paisley's autograph on it, and he autographed many, many Bibles during his ministry, and he always would have written this verse beside his signature. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. We need to pray for preachers. We need to pray for honest preachers. Preachers who won't simply preach what the people want them to hear. That is where the church will fall down, you know. If the preacher simply gives the people what they want to hear, the diet will not be right. Sometimes you need to hear what you don't want to hear. And we all need that kind of word from the Lord by times. So there needs to be boldness in our proclamation of God's Word. And Paul prayed, and he asked God's people to pray for him, that he might open his mouth boldly, that he might get an utterance that would be given him by God. And just think of the, the great content of Paul's ministry, the mystery of the gospel, the wonder of the gospel, the beauty of the gospel. What a privilege to be laboring in God's Word. We are blessed that we have a church that believes in the preaching of the Word. And let's treasure that. We should always avoid that spirit that goes away from God's house, wanting to 
criticize the Word of God. It's not just about what the preacher says. It's about the Word that he presents. It's God's Word, and we need it. And we need it preached with clarity and with boldness in order that we might grow in grace. So may the Lord bless God's Word to you today. And may God help us to be a a praying people and to use this resource. And that as we go forward this year, we'll go forward in prayer. The fruitfulness of a church cannot be measured by numbers on the pew, cannot be measured by the money in the bank or by the building that God has given us. The fruitfulness of a church can only be measured by what we are as God's people in prayer. That we would be like that man in the Psalm 1, who's planted by the rivers of water, brings forth his fruit, whose leaf does not fade, who meditates upon God's Word, meditates upon it day and night. For such a person is set apart from this world and lives for God. May God help us to have such a spirit. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the Word of God today. We know we're in a battle, we're in a conflict. There are many trials, but help us to pray and be strong in our prayers. And we praise you that there's always this door of access opened into the throne room, the King of kings, the creator of the universe. Bless us as we sing this hymn in closing for Christ's sake. Amen.